basketball is hood. It's time for the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast with Jonathan Hood. You love basketball, you've come to the right place. What's up, everybody, and welcome into the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. I am Jonathan Hood, part of the Cap and J Hood Morning Show, morning 7 to 10 a.m. Central on ESPN 1000, also the ESPN Chicago app, and the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast is proudly sponsored by Manscaped, manscaped.com. Get 20% off if you just use my promo code HOOD. You say, HOOD, what is Manscaped? It's pretty simple. You know that you've got issues down there, right? It's the top of the line when it comes to men's grooming. It's for you. It could be for someone else. Listen, they got the lawnmower 4.0, and it helps down there, you know, below the waist to make sure that you're trim and fit down there. Also, you're smelling good with the ball wipes, the crop reviver, the crop preserver. They got everything you need as far as ear hair and nose hair. It's a whole kit that they send to you. I just got a new batch in November, a new box that's sent to your house, and so Manscaped, they're good to me. I want them to be good to you. Manscaped.com, and again, use the promo code HOOD, my last name, H-O-O-D, and get 20% off. Hey, it's just me giving back to you. Manscaped.com, promo code HOOD, for all of the men's grooming that you need. I love this uh, new pair of boxers as well, the Manscaped boxers. Uh, they're pretty nice, especially with the weight loss. This is looking pretty good on me right now. Nonetheless, let's talk about the basketball because if you love basketball, you will love this podcast. You can catch this podcast on the ESPN Chicago app and, of course, on Spotify as well. If you're a Spotify listener, go to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast and check it out there. Man, it feels so good to come on this podcast here on early Tuesday morning telling you about a Bulls victory. The Bulls defeated the Charlotte Hornets by the score of 133 to 119. There's a number of things that stood out to me about this game for the Bulls. Number one, Vucevic came to play, the big guy for the Bulls. Nikola Vucevic had 30 points. He had 14 rebounds. He had five assists and 35 minutes of play uh, and was perfect from three-point range, six for six. I really liked what I saw there. Same thing with DeMar DeRozan. DeRozan is just uh, the clutch professional shooter, 28 points. He had six assists. He really has been the heartbeat of this team as far as his ability to just find buckets, a walking bucket. And DeRozan's always been that guy, whether it was with the San Antonio Spurs or the Toronto Raptors, just a guy there just going after it and getting it done. And so I love the production that he's giving this Bulls team. I think it's really cool. Uh, so DeRozan was 28 points. Zach Levine with 25 points and five assists for him. And also Lonzo Ball. You know, I look at the line and the only thing that really lights up the board for me is eight assists. He has 16 points, sure, but he had eight assists. That's as big a number as anything else I, I see here. Yeah, you score points, you get threes. I know that's what it comes down to, but also sharing the basketball has got to be big for this team. And watching this game, I love how the Bulls were able to share the basketball, moving around, going from side to side. I always like to take a look at the assist to field goal ratio when I watch any kind of basketball game, college, pro, whatever, right? 
So the Bulls had 35 assists on 53 field goals made. That's a lot of sharing. That's a lot of assists from Caruso off the bench, from Ball, as I mentioned, with his eight, uh, Vucevic with his five, Green with his three, uh, Levine also sharing the basketball with five assists. That matters to this team. Sharing is good for this team because it's not just one-dimensional. It just doesn't go into a black hole. I love how... The Hornets had to move defensively to be able to catch up to how that ball was hopping around the horn to get open looks for Vucevic and for Ball and for Caruso and for Levine. Uh, that's exactly what the doctor ordered for the Bulls in this victory against the Charlotte Hornets. A Hornets team that more than likely will make the playoffs, and so will this Bulls team. Now, I'll say this. In the first half of the game, it felt like a ragged all-star game. It, it felt like my turn to score, your turn to score back and forth between the Bulls and the Hornets. And the Bulls at one point had a 20-point advantage and had that whittled down to about four or five in the game. And that's because of the lack of attention to detail defensively. Uh, and shout out to Borrego's team because it's an improved team. You know, Gordon Hayward could be able to knock down threes. That's exactly what happened there. And of course, uh, LaMelo Ball, what an exciting young player. He had a double-double against the Bulls, 18 points and 13 rebounds. Terry Rozier, he was unstoppable uh, in a lot of ways in the game on uh, Monday. He had 31 points, some really good bench depth with Oubre and Washington. The one thing about the Hornets, they get up and down the floor quickly, and they score quickly. Uh, so I will give them a lot of credit for that. They know how to get to the foul line, and they can knock down threes. Oubre, and Oubre, by the way, with that Ric Flair hair. Did you see this? Have you seen Kelly Oubre's hair? It's, it's like platinum blonde. It's bizarre. Um, also, P.J. Washington with his 15 points. So the thing that I, I noticed that the Bulls have to work on, one, is that They've got to be able to play even better team defense. They just allowed the Hornets to go right to the basket unencumbered. Uh, that was not great. The other thing, too, is that there are going to be teams. And I saw this on Saturday. I was there at the United Center. They see the Bulls take on the Miami Heat. And the Heat are a lot more fundamentally sound and a lot better coached, I believe, with Eric Spolstra. Spolstra is a top three coach in this league. He might be right at the top of his game. Uh, and I noticed how the Heat were putting on that zone defense, whether it's a 3-2, whether it's a 2-3 across there. And they were making sure that the lanes were not open for the Bulls to just go right from the foul line down right to the basket. They were daring some of the others like um, a green or Kobe White or Caruso or Desumu or Jones Jr. They said, hey, you know what? You're going to shoot over the top of us. Go right ahead. You know, you want to do that? Go ahead. And so I just think that when teams start packing it in and really t really pay attention defensively, the Bulls could have some problems. I noticed that there in the first half. The Bulls finally broke through having a really solid third quarter, had 35 points in that third quarter, and they won the game. But keep your eyes on the lack of Bulls defense. And then on top of that, just watch how teams defend the Bulls. Now, ultimately, it comes down to shots, right? In the Houston game, the day before Thanksgiving, how the Bulls just let go of the rope uh, offensively where they, the shots weren't falling. Uh, it wasn't falling for Vucevic or Levine or some of the others. Um, that's a game that the Bulls should have won, but again, shots didn't fall. Difference is, in the Hornets game, the Bulls were able to score a lot from three, 14 for 30 from three-point range. So it's not a, a perfect product, as you well know, but 14 and eight, I'll take it. And I just love 
My first time being at the UC on Saturday against the Heat, and the Heat, again, very well coached, uh, very sound. There's no question about that. But what really stood out to me is the pageantry, the feeling from the fans, right? The fans really were into the every basket, and it gave me that feeling of the Thibodeau days from the Bulls when Thibodeau was here. When Tibbs was here, you could just know that with Derrick Rose is on the floor and there's Joe Kim Noah and Lou Aldang and that crew, the, t- the crowd was into it, right? They just knew that this team was a winning team. I hadn't had that feeling at the UC since that time. You didn't feel that much under Fred Hoiberg or uh, under Jim Boylan for sure, but it was just good to have the fans on a Saturday night just chilling with families and friends. I was with, uh, with Peacock, my wife, and um, and my cousins, Dion and Terrence, and we were there, you know, watching the Bulls and just really into everything that the Bulls are doing. It's a different vibe in there, too. You know, as a person that loves house music and hip, some hip-hop and R&B, just it was a different just vibe in that place. So I just know that the United Center is going to be the spot here, especially when you have chance of MVP uh, for Caruso and just the love that I think Bulls fans have for DeRozan. Levine's already been established here, so we know that he's the guy. But when you have scoring, when you have games that matter, uh, Bulls fans are into it. I can hear it in full throat uh, at the United Center on Saturday. But the Bulls went against the Hornets 133-119. Uh, That's the 14th victory of the season for the Bulls. Here's Billy Donovan. Yeah, I mean, I think we did some really good things on offense. We had, you know, I thought the the, the second unit there in to start the fourth and then even in the second quarter, um, you know, because we are small, we're going to have to generate, you know, some penetration. We're going to have to uh, create, try to generate some rotations, you know, where we can kind of help each other a little bit more. I thought, you know, that, that, that those two periods there, we've got to be, got to be better than that. Uh, but I thought we played unselfishly. I thought we moved the ball. I thought we played downhill and attacked the paint and sprayed the ball out. And I think we're a lot more efficient, you know, offensively. There's also, um, was there an element with Vucevic, you know, like Casey said, you went to him at the beginning, but also coming out of that timeout, when they cut it within four without seven minutes, went to him again. Was there also some sense of you had to show him that, you know, not only he's a part of it, but, you know, you want him to be, because it seemed like he was with Zach and DeMar and Lonzo doing all they would do, and he was sort of falling behind or not being as aggressive and sort of bringing back into the group? Well, I mean, I, I, I thought it was the best thing for the team at that point in time when I did it just because they were small at that point in time. They had P.J. Washington. They were on a run. I thought it was a way to slow the game down a little bit for us in the half court. And maybe he gets fouled, he gets free throws, or he gets something you know out of the post. Um, you know, one of the things I mentioned about, you know, I've got to try to, from the bench, help him a little bit more, I think, because, you know, we've tried to play faster. We've tried to run more. A lot of times he's trailing into place. If there's one area that, he hasn't had, you know, as much of from last year, the time he was with us is his post-ups. His post-ups were way down. And I've got to try to find ways to to generate maybe some more of those for him, you know, coming out of timeouts because he's a good offensive player. So I, I wouldn't necessarily do it. Just say, hey, I'm, I'm going to you just because, you know, I want to show you. You know, I think you got an obligation, you know, to try to do what's best for the team in that situation. I really thought that was the best thing. You know, they were, they were playing small P.J. Washington at the five. Maybe they double team. He found Zach for a kick out three. Um, but I have a lot of confidence with Fuchs down there. But I think one of the things that that has happened is his post-ups now have come off of ball movement, player movement, find him inside. And that happened a couple times tonight. But 
when when maybe we need to slow it down or really kind of go to him, we probably need to play call some more of those plays where we can dump it down to the post him, and, and we did that a little bit more tonight. How ill was Zach, and what was the conversation like when he decided to play or you guys decided to play him? Well, I mean, he made the decision, and the medical was okay with it. You know, I think he was running a fever. I don't know how much he was, it was a factor. He did not, when I say look good, I'm not talking on the court, physically he, you could tell he was sick he just didn't his eyes were all bloodshot and you know he, I, don't, I don't i don't think he was feeling great at all i gave him a lot of credit for going out there and playing and he certainly probably without question was not himself but you know he did everything he could to try to help our team and got a lot of respect for him you know uh, feeling the way he did and still wanting to be out there to play it looked you- like you got the game under control after they went small with washington uh, you were having some trouble on the ball screen. What did you guys do differently to get that game back under control? In the first half, the second half. After the... Yeah, I, I thought we really got hurt um, to start the game with Washington's pick and pops. We had a really nice, comfortable lead, maybe eight or ten points. And they put him and Vooch and pick and roll together. And, you know, they they, they, they found him popping back. Um, I think we switched up some matchups. We did some different things to, um, uh, you know, put maybe a, a, a more of a switching player onto him that could switch and then also deal with Rogier or Haywood or Ball coming off screens with him. And then I think the other thing that we did is when Vooch did have to guard him, when they just flat out played him at the five with four guards, I thought we did a much better job of getting through screens, keeping Vooch's matchup there. And then if we did need to switch late, we kind of switched late. But the biggest thing to me was we took away the three from him. And I thought that... That was the hard part is I thought we had a lot of momentum in the first quarter. I thought we were playing really, really good basketball. And then those three or four possessions kind of got away from us with him because I think they were six for eight uh, from the three-point line or something in the first quarter. And that's that was really the difference. Then I think in the second when we got control of the game, they were two for seven. So, you know, we just didn't do a great job defending the three in that first quarter. I thought we did a little bit better of a job uh, as the game went on there in the second quarter. A timeout when they did cut it to four. Well, I mean, you know, it's like I said, it's the second unit and they, they've got to, you know, we don't have somebody like in that second unit a lot of times like Vooch, you know, where you're going to be able to go to their playing zone. And, you know, DeMar, a lot of times when he's trying to get two spots like he does against man-to-man, you know, he can get the floor space for him to do that. But when they're playing zone, they're sending two people out in the Bulls. We got to have the second and third guy make the next play, the next play, the next play. I thought we did a pretty good job where we found Kobe a couple times. He, he, he missed it, but we got it. But we, we didn't, we didn't generate good shots. I mean, Alex had a, a, a like he threw, tried to throw it across the lane to Derek that got stolen. I think Kobe had a pull-up jump shot very early in the clock on the baseline from 15 feet. We just didn't have good enough possessions in my opinion. And then we kind of settled in and then we got our possessions together. And it wasn't just those guys. It was just the group because so much of that group has relied on DeMar. But then what happens is, is when DeMar kicks it out, those guys have got to be able to make the next play playing downhill. Watch the Mello and Lonzo matched up. Vucevic mid-range. Now moves over the screen. DeRozan slip. Got it to Vucevic for three. Levine trying to work around Washington. Trying to kick it to Vucevic. It deflected off of Bridges and to Nikola. For P.J. Washington after he missed 10 with an elbow injury. Vucevic good. Right at the nail. Looking for a cutting green. Saved it. Got it to Levine. The kick to Lonzo. Extra pass, Booch. That's a three. Got it. Oh, give me the Booch. He puts the Bulls back in front. Levine, Vucevic, White. The five out there for the Bulls. Green cuts off the Booch. Got it. Oh, nice pass. It's contagious. Good passing that time. Interior passing. 
Daniels against Vucevic. Good defense by Vuce. Levine against Bridges. Levine, the kick. Vucevic, a three! Yes! Big shot by Vuce in the corner. They pushed the ball. Yes. That was off a make. Well, Vucevic in transition. That's a three! He's got 20 tonight. Yeah, well, he's trying to pull off the Nacho Libre mask. Again, Vucevic. And another assist from DeRozan. One from that distance against Washington this year. Rozier missed it. Good defense, Vucevic. That's what you got to see out of Big Fella. There he is. There it is. Free cheese. See now? That's what you got to see out of Vucevic. Vucevic and Green. Lonzo Ball. Lob for Vuce. Good catch in the score. Again, just simple game. Russo, the kick, Vucevic, another triple. Bang, bang, bang. A 30-piece for Nikola Vucevic tonight. Best game of the Vucevic getting the job done for the Bulls. His best outing of the season. Love how they fed the big man, either from the inside or the outside. That was one of the reasons why, the big reasons why the Bulls beat the Hornets on Monday night. A couple of news and notes for you, um, and I'll tell you about some of the great games that you should be watching on Tuesday, November 30th. So I saw that Joe Harris of the Nets, he's got an ankle surgery. He's going to be out four to eight weeks now. Not only him, but also Blake Griffin's going to be out for a little bit as well. So Joe Harris underwent arthroscopic surgery on his injured left ankle. He's expected to miss four to eight weeks, according to Om Young Masuk from ESPN.com. Um, Nets head coach Steve Nash said that Harris's surgery will address uh, a little bone particle in the ankle. So the only reason I'm bringing him up is because I know that the Nets are one of the better teams in the league. But, I mean, here's a guy that can space the floor and knock down threes. Someone that's not named Harden or Durant. And by the way, anyone seen Kyrie Irving lately? Is he around? Is he available? Michael Porter Jr. You know, the Chicago Bulls could have drafted Michael Porter Jr. I remember doing the draft show with Chris Bleck, and I said at the time, nope, he's got a back issue coming out of college. That's probably not the answer. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. sat out a year because of his back, uh, was able to play for the Denver Nuggets, got paid a five-year, $172 million max contract in September, and has been searching for a non-surgical option since urge, uh, injuring his back on November 6th. Uh, but he's going to undergo a surgical procedure on his lower back Wednesday. And he's going to be out indefinitely. I mean, Mark Bartlestein, the agent for uh, Porter, says he's going to make a full recovery. Well, that's the hope, man. Five years, $172 million max contract. Uh, he's got all the potential in the world. He averaged 19 points a game a year ago when he was with... Uh, Jokic and Murray and the only problem is is that Porter has had a back injury always going back to college so hopefully he'll make a full recovery as Bartlestein says but it just that's just tough Um, they paid for potential not for necessarily a whole bunch of results for someone who had a bad back uh, going in to the NBA early in his career oh how about this so I was wondering where Boogie Cousins was, right? So I read Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN.com. So the Milwaukee Bucks signed DeMarcus Cousins. Now, Boogie's 31. He's going to sign a non-guaranteed deal to join the defending NBA champs. Teams must guarantee contracts for the balance by uh, January 7th. A lot of these contracts are going to be open uh, pretty soon here. Next couple of weeks, we might start to see some movement and uh, some possibilities of teams trying to get better. Uh, by the time we get to Christmas, we'll find out. 
but the Bucks haven't officially announced the move. But uh, following the 118-100 loss, I'm sorry, win against the Indiana Pacers, Giannis and Mike Budenholzer uh, spoke about the team's need to have a big man because Robin Lopez, I'm sorry, Brooke Lopez has been sidelined with a back injury. Uh, so they need some size. And so it's going to be Boogie in the place of Brooke Lopez uh, after the Bucks won their game against the Indiana Pacers. So a couple of news and notes there that I found interesting. And now let me tell you about a couple of games that you should be watching. Okay, so Tuesday's got a really nice slate. It starts with the Knicks and the Nets, right? That's a New York rivalry. It's going to be at 6.30 on TNT. That's the first half of the doubleheader. And by the way, the next game for the Bulls, they'll be taking on the Knicks on uh, December 2nd. So the Bulls will take on the Knicks again. I believe that's going to be the third time, but this one's going to be at Madison Square Garden. So that's going to be fun to watch. So it'll be the Knicks and the Nets. That's going to be interesting to see how that all materializes. Um, One note about the Knicks, Tom Thibodeau, boy, he does not play. He removed Kemba Walker out of the starting rotation. That's from Tim Bontemps from ESPN.com. <laughs> Thibodeau says it was a tough decision to make, but when you got to do what's best with the team, I view Kemba as a starter, so it's going to be tough to play three small guards together. I gave it consideration, and I've got a lot of respect for Kemba, who's a person who's accomplished a lot in this league, but I have to do what's best for the team. So that means that it's going to be Kemba coming off the bench and not in the starting lineup because he wants to have more points. He wants to see more from Alex Burks and others on this team. So uh, Walker is averaging 11 points a game, two assists, and 3.1 field goal attempts per game. So he's not the kind of uh, player that we've seen in the past. So anyway, talking about that game, that should be fun, right, just to be able to see what's going on with the uh, Knicks and the Nets. And then the second half, that doubleheader. Nine o'clock Central Time. I work mornings. I feel like I got to stay up to watch this game. I got to find a way to watch it, right? Golden State against Phoenix. Now, I know it's November. You say, Hood, don't look at the standings. It's just uh, November, but it's fun to watch, man. I can't help it because basketball is Hood, and I love this NBA, right? (sighs) The Suns have a 16-game winning streak, and it's on the line against a red-hot Golden State Warriors team. This is what you want. The number one team in the Western Conference is Golden State, right? They're 18-2. The, war, the, the, the Warriors have been on a roll here. They have a seven-game winning streak against the Suns with a 16-game winning streak. I mean, I got to watch. Think about it. The Suns have won 16 games and still in second place in the West. <laughs> that shows you how good the Warriors have been. Uh, let us uh, hear... From Bob Myers, the general manager for the Golden State Warriors. Let's get his thoughts on what is going on with this Warriors team, uh, including his thoughts about Draymond Green. Draymond Green, I think he's playing like an all-star so far this season. Is this the best shape he's been in coming into a season, say, since maybe 2016-17 or maybe 2015-16? Looks like he's just hit the ground running, and he's playing at a high, high level so far for you guys on both ends of the floor. Yeah, Bonte, I think mental and physical shape because he's the he's the drumbeat. He's he's the one that sets the emotional tone. You guys have seen us play many times. You can see the games in the past where he's just he's out there, but his mind is not there. Um, he's he's brought an intense focus to every game mentally, and then you're right physically, and it all usually right. goes hand in hand as an athlete. If you got the mental part and right. physical part, 
you can play some if you're talented. You can play some high level basketball. So yeah, you know the last two years, Draymond for him, and I've said this before, you have to have something on the line for it to matter. And I, I guess if if you look at the last two years, although at the end of last year I think you felt it, the year we were down uh, with Steph getting hurt and Clay out. There's nothing on the line. And, and as an athlete, you're paid a lot of money. Yeah, we can all say you've got to be professional. But Draymond, he's not a good game, player in an all-star game. He's not a good player in a preseason game. Um, in a playoff game, NBA Finals game, you you wouldn't pick you wouldn't pick that many guys in front of him. Game seven, you guys can do this exercise at some point. Right. Pick, pick a team for a game seven. Game seven, winner take all. I bet Draymond is one of those ten guys of two teams. I bet he is because he plays the best in the biggest moments. And he's brought that intention to the regular season this year. And that's, I think that's why we've got off to such a good start. Bob Myers on 95-7 The Game in San Francisco. One other thing. So we're missing stars, right? We're missing some stars. We don't see Kyrie Irving. He's not out there. We don't see Ben Simmons. He's not out there. And we're not seeing Klay Thompson, right? Imagine if Klay Thompson is part of this Golden State Warriors juggernaut with Wiseman and Steph Curry and Draymond Green. And as good as this team is up and down the roster, they're 18-2 and two off to a great start through the first 20 games. It's so special that we get in a regular season to end the month of November, Golden State against Phoenix. That's going to be awesome on TNT. So there was a question that was asked to Bob Myers um, regarding Klay Thompson. So what's up with Klay Thompson? When will he return to the Warriors? Do you want to, like, break some news and let us know when maybe, you know, Clay Thompson could be returning to the court? Be nice for the show. I don't know. I, yeah, it would be good, huh? <laughs> Try to make up something. With, I, can I be wrong and just say I thought? I don't know, guys. Just I, make up a date. Yeah, say December 17th. We'll talk about it. I, I mean, here's what I'll tell you. I, on Saturday, I say, Clay, what do you yeah. – is there a message you want out there? I mean, do you want me to say you're coming back? before the end of the year? Do you want me to say you're not? <laughs> and he said, uh, I don't know. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I know that's not an answer everybody wants. I, I, I'm kind of, I don't know, everybody has to deal with it differently. We all, we're all, we keep asking the question because we love this guy so much. Um, so we're going to keep asking the question, but right. there's no answer. I don't have it and I'm um, not giving it to you guys. I don't, I don't have it, but it's definitely December. I don't have it that it's definitely not, but it's coming. You know, he's scrimmaging today, he scrimmaged right. the other day in Santa Cruz. Um, so, yeah, it's – how about this? What about um, – I'll try to get it to you guys before I get it to everybody else. <laughs> That's then you're gonna, then you're going to blow it up on the show. You hold no, it. Can you, no, I can hold it. Hey, Bob, Bob, I can, I can keep a secret. I'm, I'm two or dead. Right, right. I just won't tell right. Shasky. I Shasky won't tell Shasky. No. Shasky can't keep a secret. <laughs> I ain't keeping no secret. The, the, the city of San Francisco would know about Clay Thompson the minute you text him about yep. the news. Right. I was thought I uh, about that when Clay was sitting there that maybe, oh, maybe he's sad because that's the last home game he's sitting out. Maybe uh, he'll be back Friday against Phoenix, but I don't think that's the case at all from what I hear. That happened. I'll, I'll break yeah. that news. No secret that you know we have a streak going. You know we're gonna get every team's best shot. Contested shot is off and it's good. Devin Booker. He's just such a special scoring talent. His feel, the reads, how he creates space. Yeah, like a book. Really is a special offensive talent. 
and he's, he's old school, too, because he's not just a three-point shooter. He does it all three levels on the court. Sixth-grade year of averaging 22 or more. Only in his seventh year of the league. Um, so has anyone seen the Lakers lately? Man, LeBron James gets suspended. LeBron James gets fined. It's not going very well for the Lakers. As we record this, they are 500. Now, here's the thing. I'm just talking about the first month of the season. So I'm giving context because there's a lot of talent on that team, but they are 11 and 11. And that is not great. Uh, Not at all. And so how, there was a number of people, including Chris Mannix, I saw online giving his thoughts about the Lakers. Howard Beck, I saw talking about the Lakers as well. And so I've seen, I think, maybe five of their games so far this year. I'm following along because, I mean, it's like a tire fire. You can't help but to see this roster, right? Have you seen this? I mean, so it's challenging when LeBron James is not 100% and he's out there doing his best. And then there's Anthony Davis, who's always day-to-day or he's always writhing in pain. DeAndre Jordan and you got Russell Westbrook and Rajon Rondo and Carmelo Anthony and Dwight Howard. I mean, there's a lot of veterans on this team. It's veteran heavy. Now, what my focus is, if I'm a Laker fan, is so what is Malik Monk going to be? What is Horton Tucker going to be for this team? What can Avery Bradley be for this team or or others? Austin Reeves or Kent Bazemore? Some of these, I mean, what are some of these other guys going to do? Because there's a number of Hall of Famers on this Laker team, but they have not come together yet. It's going to take some time. Uh, first of all, they have to be able to get healthy. And can a whole bunch of veteran players actually get healthy at the same time and make a push for this thing? Uh, I do not see them having a deep playoff run, kind of like last year. Injuries will play a part of that. But also, I just think you have to be able to mesh together for as many games as possible for it to all work. And I just don't see that. A lot of opinions out there about the Lakers. Let's listen to them. Are they going to be a good team this year? I mean, a deep playoff team. Woo-child, the Lakers. It is now scapegoat season in Los Angeles, Howard, and the Vultures are circling around Frank Vogel. The Lakers beat the Pistons on Sunday. I have a feeling that that may have saved Frank Vogel's job. I will eagerly say it's not Frank Vogel's fault. This is like blaming the captain of the Titanic because your ship sank when it hit an iceberg the size of Delaware. They are bad defensively. They're bad offensively. They don't have enough floor spacing. Westbrook has been a turnover machine. Anthony Davis can't make a shot. How are these the coach's fault? Vogel's not the captain of the Titanic. Uh, The captain is Palinka, who is the one who actually aimed it at the iceberg. Vogel's like the chef who's just down there in the galley going, wait, we're about to hit hit an iceberg? Who who decided to steer us toward the damn iceberg? This is where you start to have actual justifiable serious concern if you're the lakers or a lakers fan and i know it's still early by by most measures but 20 games is the mark that general managers and coaches always talk about it's not official it's not definitive but it is statistically significant and at the beginning of every season especially if you're a team that made a lot of changes in the offseason that uh, have a high draft pick who's coming in or you had a a big free agent, whatever, you were always saying, listen, guys, 
Uh, it's going to be a little bumpy, whatever. Let's see where we are 20 games in. Like that's, it's just this general kind of shorthand. 20 games, maybe 25, that's where you know who you are and how good you actually are or how bad you actually are. That the Lakers are 11-11 I think is legitimately concerning. And we know there have been some injury issues, chiefly to LeBron. That is no small thing. That is not just a minor asterisk. But when they've all been together, they haven't looked great. And the whole point of the exercise, or at least part of the point of the exercise, of getting Russell Westbrook was, well, now when we lose LeBron James for any stretch of time, if he's hurt, or just even when he's resting within a game, now we've got this supreme playmaker who can generate offense when LeBron is not available. And yet Westbrook and Anthony Davis together as a one-two punch have not done anything to alleviate any concerns about what happens when LeBron is either out or resting. Howard Beck talking on the crossover podcast uh, with Chris Mannix, two guys that know their NBA. Hey, don't forget this podcast, the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Go to Manscaped.com. They've got the perfect package 4.0 peak hygiene plan, the lawnmower 4.0, the all-new skin-safe electric trimmer, the crop preserver, anti-chafing ball deodorant, the crop reviver, the ball spray toner, the magic mat, the disposable shaving mats, the sh- they got also the little travel bag and the boxers all come in the same package. Manscaped.com. Use the promo code HOOD, my last name, H-O-O-D. Get 20% off for all the holidays. I thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Manscaped.com. And we will talk again with another edition of the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. And don't forget to catch me. With David Kaplan, 7 to 10 a.m. Central Time on ESPN 1000 or download that ESPN Chicago app. Thanks so much. And if you love basketball, you come to the right place either here on the ESPN Chicago app or on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Look for the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. Go on to my Twitter, twitter.com, tweetjhood. Click my bio, my little link tree, and bam, everything's there, including Under the Hood merchandise. <laughs> Check it out again at Tweet J Hood or Instagram IG J Hood. Thanks for listening to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. <laughs>